Which running back in the Motor City will help you get to the finish line on top? When is the right time to draft Debo Samuel? And who are the 42 Joes making up this year's field in the 2020 FFPC Pros versus Joes Challenge? Plus, 15-time FFPC and Football Guys League champ Frank Nunes hangs out to talk David Njoku, Damian Williams, rookie draft picks, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid go good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about whether Deshaun Jackson is in danger of being released, whether Joe Burrow is a sharky pick, and we'll speak with 15-time FFPC and Football Guys Players Championship League winner Frank Nunes about his Football Guys draft this summer the Rams tight end situation, and much more. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. If you guys have any questions, uh, post them right now. If you want to connect with, connect with us on Twitter, the show is at Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash Hour is where to reach us there. If you want to chime in and give us a call, definitely do that. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, uh, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. want to remind everybody, if uh, you have not tuned into this program before, uh, we are available here each and every Friday night, 10, 9 central. Um, and we also air much, much later uh, on demand as well. If you want to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, um, basically everything. Uh, we've done a pretty good job, uh, both our mutual friend and producer, Rob, and our audio engineer, and my best friend, Bryce. Uh, we do a pretty good job getting it out to all the podcast networks out there. There's a couple more we're trying to get on right now. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But if you are listening to podcasts currently, chances are we are on that network. And if we're not, let us know. Football at gmail.com. We'll try to get on the one that you prefer as well. So I uh, want to remind everybody, if you are looking for uh, an FFPC main event deal, there's one going on right now. If you've already got your first team, make sure you're signing up for additional teams at $400 off the regular price at myffpc.com. That's whether you're drafting live with us in Planet Hollywood, which, by the way, we have some pretty good room discounts there. Uh, talk to Greg Sidoris, who you can um, uh, check out his contact info, both on the FFPC blog, the FFPC e-newsletter, and myffpc.com. He'll hook you up. Um, but whether you're drafting live or from the comfort of your own home, $400 off each additional team in the FFPC main event right now. And remember, slow drafts are live there. If you want to hop in an FFPC main event slow draft, you can do that. Uh, 2020 uh, Football Guys Players Championship, those drafts are filling up each and every single day, multiple drafts a day, $500,000 grand prize in that, a $3.1 million prize pool. If you don't want to hop into the major contest, you definitely can get into the best ball leagues, the best ball slim leagues, the Terminator sats, uh, plenty of other best balls, all active right now. And, of course, Dynasty Startups available at myffpc.com. Now, the big news tonight, and I know everybody's tuning in to hear their names called, or maybe your name won't be called, uh, we'll see what happens. Good luck to each and every one of you FFPC main event players that are hoping to be in the FFPC 
uh, pros versus Joe's challenge for 2020. We are going to read off what I thought was going to be 36 names tonight. That is not true. It's going to be 42 names. 42 players are getting in as Joe's in the FFPC pros versus Joe's challenge this year. Why is that? It's because we added an FFPC pros versus Joe's slow draft this year. So six bonus Joes will be awarded. Remember, if you hear your name tonight, you can email. Well, you don't even have to email. You're going to be getting an email from Darren Armani to find out what day uh, and date time is uh, preferable for you to, um, to draft your pros versus Joes team as you try to compete against the best and win a 2021 FFPC main event uh, free team. Um, you can also draft in a slow draft as well. So Dave, for the first time tonight, 42 Joes are going to be, uh, have their names read tonight. Oh, that's great, Bucky. I'm very excited. I, there's plenty of other people that are excited, too, uh, that are tuning in tonight. And I guess without further ado, I know you like to get this out of the way early. Let's just get it out of the way right now. Yes, yeah, so let's do it now instead of saying, hey, we'll talk about it in 55 minutes or whatever. And then people just skip the rest of the second part of the show, which, <laughs> but that's is, which, is, which is the show. They're, they're streaming it later. And by the way, the end Please of the show streaming. is always the best part. If they're like downloading it or, or streaming it live after we've already recorded this, if they're not uh, listening live. Spreaker. That's another. That's the other great podcast network that we're on. Spreaker. Spreaker. iHeartRadio is my dream. We're trying to get on that right now. That's what the hell is that? iHeartRadio. Yeah. Huge radio and podcasting network out there. We need some more followers right now. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Whatever. I'm going to read these six at a time, Dave. I'm going to go through this. Okay. All right. I'm so, not going to comment as much as I. That's fine. Um, we. Uh, I will be reading these off uh, six at a time. If you hear your name, you're going to be receiving an email from Darren Armani. Congratulations in advance for being selected to the 2020 FFPC Joe, uh, vers- uh, Pros versus Joe's random drawing that was held uh, earlier before the show tonight. All right, kicking things off, former guest of this show, Jimmy Wagner. Welcome aboard in the Pros versus Joe's. You will be competing this year. Uh, arguably one of the best, well, not arguably, he is one of the best fantasy football players in the world, Chad Schroeder. Also going to be participating in the PVJ this year. That will be a fun draft to, to uh, do. Uh, Kevin Proctor, former guest of this show, will be in, as well as Todd Hopkins, former FFPC main event champion, uh, overall champ. Gary Allen going to be participating in PVJ this year. as Trunk well as, Monkey? Yes, exactly. Trunk Monkey. Brian Tuminello is also going to be in. Those are the first six names in the Pros versus Joe's challenge this year. Some good names there. Can I just inject one thing? You know, sometimes people say, um, oh, you know, a guy like Chad Schrader, it's not fair that he, you know, he gets in, he's got all those teams. One thing that that people sometimes maybe don't think about or don't consider is, you know, let's say Chad has 60 teams. I don't know. I have no idea. It won't be that many, but okay. Maybe, yeah, whatever. So if he, once one of it, if he gets his name drawn, his other 59 teams get thrown out. Yep. So that immediately actually increases the odds of anyone else that just has only one or two teams. It's true. Yeah. All right. That's my little don't complain too much about people who have a ton of teams pitch. You cannot be selected twice, just like the NBA draft lottery. If your combination comes up again, it's thrown out. And um, the rest of your combination. Well, I guess that's what it is. The rest of your combinations are automatically thrown out at the point you're drawn the first time. Yes. All right. Moving on. James Jewell going to be in PBJ this year. Uh, a former guest of this show, he's also been on the High Stakes Lowdown, John Shaw, Mr. War Eagle. Oh, really? Yes, John Shaw uh, will be in great. Pros vs. Joe's this year. I enjoy playing blackjack with him. Yes, actually. I know. So does Alex, by the way. <laughs> he's, uh, fun. he's a fun guy. It's weird because no matter what time of the night I'm rolling through Planet Hollywood, I always seem to see you and John at a table or Alex and John at a table. That's pretty funny. Uh, by the way, Chris drew these names, right? Just so, just to yeah, be Chris did this. Yeah, yeah, this had nothing to do with me, Alex, you, Mike, anybody else. This was all the, Chris. None of the dudes. None of the dudes, that's true. All right, so a, a guy who has been a guest on this show and who has been in the PBJ before, longtime high-stakes player uh, dating back, you know, 15, 20 years, Peter St. Pierre will be in the Pros vs. Joe's this year. Craig Strang. Uh, and a guy I'd actually like to get back on the show here, uh, Sky Eilers, who is a big fan of the Pros vs. Joe's format, drafted in it before, been successful in it. Uh, and he's also had some su- success in the Football Guys Players Championship in the main event. He'll be in PBJ this year. Uh, Matt Growth is the, uh, the 12th name that we have drawn this year. Those guys will all be in pros versus Joes. Okay, moving on. A guy who has been on the high-stakes lowdown and on this show before, Ryan Poole, a Wisconsin guy, which I'm always a fan of when we get those guys in. Ryan Poole will be in. Dave, last week's guest, Mark Davidson is going to be in pros versus Joe's this year. So hopefully we get to hear from him while he's doing his live draft, unless he picks slow, in which case we won't hear from him. Uh, Chandler Saprina, 
Paul Friel, Jason Aberly. Uh, Aberly is the godfather, if I'm remembering correctly, Dave. Uh, yeah, godfather. Jason Aberly will be in. And then a guy who has always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. A guy who has won a couple of football guys, regular season championships, couldn't seal the deal uh, in the, uh, in the uh, postseason sprint. Thomas Greenwald will be in pros versus Joe's this year Jeez, as well. How insulting. Well, no, I mean, well, you couldn't see but I mean, okay, so it's incredible to, to obviously <laughs> finish first place in the regular season, which Tom has done twice now, but he is going to try to win pros versus Joe's this year. That's Definitely cool. a, a name to be tangled with. Okay, so that's the first 18 out of 42. Here we go with the rest. By the way, these pros are in trouble. These, that's a lot of really, <laughs> yeah, really Yeah, these good. are big names, yeah, yeah, for sure. Matthew Jacobson, congratulations, you are in, as well as James Foster. Uh, a really skilled dynasty player. He's had some success in redraft, but be super good at dynasty. Brian Pakula will be in this year as well. Uh, former guest of the HSLD, as well as the HSFF, our former co-host of the show, Lou Ditta out of Texas, will be in this. Uh, another uh, super skilled dynasty player as well. Uh, talked about the, He was actually our guest on the HSLD right after the NFL draft. Had a lot of Strong dynasty takes on that. Check that out if you didn't listen to it. But congratulations to Lou Ditta. Dan Fisher and then uh, Jeff Tirabasi. The Corn Fins will be in the Pros versus Joe's All this right, year. All right, Jeff. Good for him. So congratulations to Jeff Tirabasi. So that is 24 out of 42. We have uh, 18 left, according to my math here. Former Football Guys Players Championship overall winner. Matthew Lively will be con- competing in uh, PBJ this year. Congratulations to Matthew. We'll see what he does to those pros. Uh, John Anderson, Eric Rubin, Ray Tate, welcome to PBJ. An- another uh, super talented dynasty player, a guy who's had some success in the Football Guys Players Championship as well, Paul Dietzman. Actually, Dave, I should mention this. I was hanging out um, last weekend at my brother's house um, down in the southern part of Wisconsin, and one of his friends came over who actually co-owns a dynasty team in the FFPC who's in the same league as Paul Dietzman. Oh, really? And we were talking about cat-like reflexes. And, and he's like, and, oh, oh, that guy sends all these annoying trade offers all the time. No and com- then tries to convince me about how they're good. No comment. <laughs> um, I, I will tell you off air Paul's, Paul's strategy on that. I don't want to reveal it on there. But I, actually, has, I met Paul in person once. He's a really nice guy. He, he was, he, I've, he, I've had plenty yeah, of pleasant true. email conversations yeah, with he's him. Great. Yeah. He's, he's I fantastic. I on one of those silly uh, fantasy sports conferences he actually went to. He did, really? Yeah, because he was in Minnesota. I think he was in Minnesota. Oh, he lives in Minnesota. That's yeah, right. So he okay. just cruised out. So and... was, he, was he, like, is he in the industry, or is he just wanted to check guest. it out? I think he was a guest of someone, you know, someone okay. in the industry, and, uh, yeah, we hung out for a while in the bar, and it was great. Uh, Matthew Zimmer, congratulations. You are in PBJ. And then uh, I'm letting the cat out of the bag here, but next week's guest on the HSFFR, a three-time FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship winner, league winner, Frank LaPrade will be in Pros vs. Joe's. We'll talk to him about that next week when he's a, a guest on this show next Friday. Uh, Jared Hassan and then uh, Glenn Lowy. Glenn Lowy, a guy who's um, been a mainstay in both the um, high society and big payback drafts, uh, had a lot of success across multiple fantasy yeah. formats. That's great. He's going to be tough to tangle with. Todd Pavlik, um, badges. We don't need no stinking badges. The Squatch Hunter himself, Richard Mallon. Oh, Welcome to Pros versus Joe's. I'm actually happy because now he won't complain on the league chat, on the, on the lobby <laughs> chat about it. Why don't I get in? You know, it's funny. <laughs> you, and oh, by the way, David Hubbard, also going to be in Pros versus Joe's this year. Congratulations to him, former uh, main event uh, champion, co-champion with uh, Nelson Sousa. But Richard Mallon, Dave, you weren't here, but he co-hosted this show with me uh, one week. And let me tell you. It was an eye-opening experience. Was it fun? fun it was fun. extremely fun. Nice. And not only was it great for was he great for fantasy football analysis, analysis on life and stuff in general. You know, he is a Sasquatch hunter, like in real life. Uh, no, I should he, actually listen. You know what? I never listened to the show, but I might actually I should pull that one up. If you ever, can you pull the link up for me? Yes, yes I can. I will absolutely. I promise do that. I will actually listen. I'm going to walk tomorrow. Yeah. If you do it tonight, I'll walk tomorrow and I'll listen to the show. You're going to love it. It's it's a lot of good stuff in there. All right, so that's the top 36. So now that would normally be it for pros versus Joes, but bonus, bonus round. we have the bonus round here. These are the extra six that were drawn because of the extra sl- or for the slow draft that we're doing with uh, pros versus Joes this year. So this is the final six. Good luck, everybody. Theo Greminger will be in, Robert Russell, as well as Eric Young. Congratulations for being selected to the 2020 PBJ. Final three names here. James Boers, 
or Boris. I apologize if I'm butchering any of these names. I'm terrible when it comes to that. Uh, Sal Esposito. And then the final name, again, a former guest of this show, the HSLD, um, achieved a lot of success in the main event, the FPC, and now he will try to do his best in the Pros vs. Joes, Chris Birchby. Uh, congratulations to you. Oh, cool. Those are the 42 Joes in the 2020 FFPC Pros vs. Joes. Again, if you heard your name selected, you will be getting an email um, from Darren Armani, FantasyMojo.com, who organizes the whole thing. He'll get you squared up with the league, uh, figure out what day you're j- going to be drafting, unless you're drafting the slow league. Um, and then we will uh, go forward with that and, and uh, hopefully hear from you on the air if you're drafting live. Uh, I, I've, I know I've said this before, Dave. The pros have no idea what's going to hit them this year. Yeah, they're in some trouble. This is a murderer's row of, of fantasy players here well, uh, tonight. You know, I, someone had emailed me about, I, know, I don't even probably have a lot of time, but someone had emailed me about you know, whether the pros are any good or not. And I do think they are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really are. But because the Joes are just as good as far as fantasy knowledge goes, but in my opinion, well, not in my opinion, in, it's reality. They have so much more experience drafting yep. these types of drafts. So you add those things together, and the pros just, you know, there's – they haven't played enough. They right? don't know when to take a tight end. Yeah, they they don't, don't know yeah. to, to whether to load up on running back or receiver. They don't know when to take a quarterback. Uh, a lot of these guys don't play with kickers or defenses anymore. They, yeah. That strategy is way over their heads. Yeah. When's, so, when, yeah, when's the second tight end run? When do yes. you take your second quarterback? You know, all that stuff. And these other guys are doing it like on autopilot because they've done like 50-35s or they've done a bunch of football mm-hmm. guys or whatever. So it's just they're, they're going to crush them again. For anybody, which is great, I love it. Right, yeah. For anybody interested, the Pros versus Joe's drafts. Uh, the first one we're going to have is going to be Sunday, July 26th. We're going to broadcast them live on this show. You'll be able to follow along on our YouTube channel as well to see the live draft board. 26, 27, 28th of July, and then the final three: August 2nd, August 3rd, August 4th. We have kept our guests waiting way too long here tonight. Actually, before you bring the guests on, when was the second round? I'm putting it in my phone now. August 2nd, 3rd, 4th. Okay, thanks. All right, and i got to send you that uh, Richard Mallon podcast as well. I'm trying to remember that. All right, let's bring on tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, He has been to every single live event in Las Vegas for high-stakes fantasy football for the FFPC, including each one dating back to the very first world championship of fantasy football. He's got nearly seven dozen best ball leagues under his belt already in 2020 and is a former $10,000 winner in the WCOF super satellite. He's here tonight to break down his latest football guys draft. Please welcome in 15 time FFPC and football guys league winner, Frank Nunes. Frank, good evening to you. Good evening. fellas. Thanks for having me. Why did, it take us, why did it take us so long to get you on here, Frank? What's the story? Oh, I just – I don't know. I was in a football guy's draft, and Eric was the moderator, and I jokingly said I want to be on your show, kiddingly, and he took me up, called my bluff, and here I am. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. That's, that's the strict um, rubric that people have to follow uh, to be on this show. You know what's funny is, is Frank actually said it I, I, I can't, it was probably like two or three weeks ago that he did this draft and Frank actually said like, Oh, Hey, bulky. Can I be in your podcast? And I'm like, Oh yeah, we'll see how your draft goes tonight. And then in the sixth round, he's like, how's my draft looking good enough to be on the show. I'm like, the wheels are in motion, my friend. Oh, that's funny. And then it's I said, like, it looks like crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I sent him an email afterwards and, and we got it arranged and, and I'm glad to have you on because Frank, it's rare to have somebody on the program that has been, you know, basically a, a, a main event player prior to FFPC, but basically since the dawn of high-stakes fantasy football in, in Las Vegas. Certainly, um, I, I think you're going to draw on a, a wide breadth of knowledge about how the, the, the high-stakes fantasy football game has changed over the last 20-plus years. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was talking to my partner today, and I, I think the first whack-off or WCOFF was in uh, – 2002 and uh, we kind of just you know Lenny and Emil was you know they put it together and you know we kind of just you know is this real is it fake are we going to get scammed and you know we went to a live event at the MGM Grand way in the back and it was pretty awesome I mean the first couple WCOFFs with everybody drafting in the same room at the same time one time slot you know no online no you know draft at 10 a.m. draft at 3 o'clock draft at 7 p.m. everybody was there in one room and it was, I mean, it's hard in a geekish way. It's hard to explain, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I was I mean, there, the man. Events that was, now, uh, that the was events, amazing. 
yeah, the events now are cool, but I mean, way back when you had, you know, the, you had to walk all the first one was way back in the MTN. You had to walk all the way in the back, and you had this room, and they had all these boards set up. And the very first year, the facilitators were clueless. They would they didn't know Marshall <laughs> Falk was a running back. I mean, it was kind of. Then the second year, they got people with some knowledge. You know, he started, you know, getting better sticker, you know, facilitators and sticker people, and and it ran better. But the very first couple, you know, with all 50, 50 leagues or 45 leagues, I think, the first year of the WCOFF, you know, and you see people walking in with old football jerseys and, you know, clipboards, and, you know, the drafts were just, you know, were pretty amazing. The first very few live ones were, were a, kind of an event. I mean, I, it's going to be hard with online and computers and, you know, people drafting and, you know, to ever, I think, to ever replicate that feeling. But, I still go. I mean, Vegas is Vegas. I love Vegas. Yeah, back in 2002, there was not a single person that said, hey, do you have, like, a, a plug-in for the Wi-Fi? Or, oh, yeah. No. What's, yeah. The, what's the code for the Wi-Fi? It's like, do you have a computer in your home? You're like, no one was bringing laptops even at that point. It was, all, it was like, magazines, basically. People were, yeah. There were people yeah. with magazines and, uh, yeah. Spreadsheets. Magazines and literally hard, like, hard copy spreadsheets. Cheat, and that was cheat, it. Cheat, cheat, cheat sheets. Cheat. Yeah. magazines, too. Like, stuff like that. It was, right. it was, it was, uh, it was, it was wild, man. And then um, I think Frank, like the we are going to get here, you know. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Frank. I was going to say well, we second, always like to talk uh, over you know, people, especially the, bulky. Well, then the second or third year, then you know some of the vendors had you know magazines there, you know free copies, and people were grabbing those magazines and using those magazines as a draft. You know that they were going to draft in ten minutes. They were pulling magazines off the tables from vendors <laughs> of you know different magazines, and you're like, and you had some cheat sheet on you know I don't know whatever the spreadsheet at the time was on a computer and. You know, you thought you were prepared. Lotus one two three, I think. Oh, was Lotus! I forgot about Lotus. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like. I had a flashback to my childhood uh, a couple of weeks ago. Somebody mentioned DOS. You remember DOS, Dave? Yeah, disc operating. System. Yeah. yeah, and and like I right. used to. Well, I, I'll tell you off air, but it's it's nobody cares. Tell the about. story. Tell it on air. Well, no, I just like with my all the swearing and embarrassing. No, and stuff. it has nothing to do with that. It's just my my when in my in the house I grew up in. My dad had an office in the basement, and we had a very old PC with the floppy disks. And I don't mean the floppy, mm-hmm. like, three-and-a-half-inch disks, the five-and-a-quarter. And we would play right. games that we would get up early. We'd have our breakfast. We'd get ready for school. And we'd try to get up as early as possible so we could pound out a half hour of Demon Forge. Or um, there was a game called Trucker, where it was like you were a long-road trucker. And nice. you would just type in how much you'd sleep and how much you plan on driving, and it'd give you a gas update and all this stuff. Oh, and we nice. loved it. Nice. And it was totally – it was yeah. the dumbest game. But we loved it. We ate it all up. So memories like my Lemonade Stand was my game where it's like you predict the temperature. When you're running like your Lemonade Stand. I had my – Amongst an- other business uh, – not business games. When the, when the internet, like the first edition, Frank, don't worry. We'll let you – since we're riffing here. I, I we'll, know. It's we'll, terrible. We'll, no, we'll, I can't. We'll bring it to you in a second. Break. Fifth or sixth grade, when the first internet like hit in the '90s, my aunt got Prodigy. Do you remember Prodigy? Yeah. At her house, yep. and I'm yep. like, wait a minute, you can play games like on the inter- like this is actually going on like in real. I it blew my mind, and now you think about what you have the apps on your phone. It's insane. Frank, did you play? Do you have any games that yeah. you played when you were back in those, those days? Oh, my grandma got a Pong, an original Pong, with you know. You just played like a squash type of game, and we loved that. It was on a black and white TV. We thought that was the cat's meow. I mean, I remember our first was CompuServe. We would we would use CompuServe, and we could print up the AP box scores. And on Sunday evenings, I live in California, so about five o'clock, my brother and I and a neighbor we would meet in my office, and we would print up the AP box scores on a dot matrix printer, and to do our scores because there was no software yet. The commissioner had to tabulate it by hand, and you know if you had you know, whoever, Dave Craig was your quarterback on the Seattle Seahawks, you were like, okay, I need the Seattle box score, and then you would tabulate the score. And our scoring system in the very first league was only touchdowns, and you had to break – quarterbacks had to break 300 yards, or running backs, wide receivers had to break 100 yards, and they got a five-point bonus. So, I mean, it was pretty basic scoring, but it was great. I mean, you know, I've been hooked since. The first fantasy football league I was ever in, and, and I brought this up on the, the show, league, too. No, the Balky League. Oh, yeah. Uh, I started it in the early 90s. Oh, talk and, about scoring. And, oh, my yeah, God. exactly. But, you know, but it's interesting. We're talking about computers because it came up. I, I got some computer football game, and in, like, the last 20 pages, talked about this thing called fantasy football. And I was like, this is insane. This, this would be so – because this is actually what's really going on. And I started a league with some of my buddies in grade school. But that's where the Balky scoring came from, where – 
you know, if you were a yeah. running back and you ran and you ran the ball in for a touchdown from five years out, okay, that's six points. But if you caught it from five yards out, boom, twelve points, double scoring. And then it, yeah. it based on distance, it got even crazier and crazier. But that was all because right. of the back of a manual of a of a football computer game that I had. Dave. That's pretty funny. That's I remember, what, yeah, like a hundred yard yeah. interception return for a touchdown was like you know twenty four points, thirty six. Yeah, points and and it yeah. got crazier. And like these scores would be like two two twenty eight to two twelve. And then it got to be 298 to 256. It was, and, and we've actually, Frank, I've, we've talked about doing this, uh, not in some time, but doing a high-stakes, bulky league scoring, yeah, like a $750 some, entry. Oh, yeah. Totally just, wacky. Yeah, and just yeah, like ours, a closed 12-team league. Go ahead. Yeah, ours was like six points, then 12, and then the 50-pluses were 24-point touchdowns. And, I mean, I think the one year Mark oh, yeah. Griffin had seven TDs in a game. He scored like, you know, 88 points, you know, just by himself. And oh. it was like – and our our first league was off an article in the Fresno Bee. I'm by Fresno, California, and they had an article. We started – I was in high school in 1984, in the fall of 84, my senior year, because I graduated in 85, and me and my buddy saw this article in the Fresno Bee. So we started probably week three of the 1984 season. We all met at a buddy's house, and we had a draft. And I remember my first ever fantasy football draft pick was Dave Craig of the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Dave, who is yours? Yours is Kurt Warner, right? No, mine was Terrell Davis the year he oh, yeah. ACL. Oh, yeah, Terrell Davis, yeah. And then Jake Plummer was the second-round pick. He sucked also. I was not very good. <laughs> hey, I have an idea. We should, we should really do that. And, and why don't we call it, we'll call it Funhouse scoring. Funhouse. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm in. Frank, would yeah. you play in a league like that? Yeah, would you play in a Funhouse? Oh, I'd play in a league for sure. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, we've got to bring it back. I had, Mark, I had Mark Clayton from the Marx Brothers. Remember the Dan Marino days? <laughs> Uh, Mark Clayton won a uh, Dallas. I think Miami played Dallas on a Monday night, and he scored like two touchdowns. And I won the championship the very first year. And I thought I was smart, but I've been proven wrong since <laughs> ever since. All right, I guess it's time to start the interview. It's now. always good to have a humbling experience, Frank. Sure. No question. And we're gonna we're gonna get into some fantasy football now. Finally, I apologize to the listeners, Frank. When um, so you're out in California when you're not uh, winning all these leagues in the FFPC and the FPC. What are you doing for a living out there? I'm a dairy farmer. Uh, third generation dairy farmer. I milk about 1,600 milk cows and we farm about 400 acres. And it's my brother and I were partners and been doing that since I got out of Cal Poly in 1990. So I just, I'm just at the 30 year mark of being a full time dairyman. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's dairy. I yeah. know a lot of dairy farmers. Well, you know, I don't know if we, this is public knowledge. I think it's public knowledge on the show, but Dave and I both live in Northeast Wisconsin. I have a lot of not only friends, but family members who still run some dairy farms up here as well. Right. So you are after my own heart, right. my friend. This is, this is good stuff. Yeah, right. We're competing with California for the milk. I don't look at it as a right. competition. No, I, I look at it like <laughs> they, they make some great stuff out there. We make some great stuff here, and everybody just benefits. That's the way I've always viewed it. Yeah. You know, Vermont always brags we about produce, their we cheddar. Produce, I'm we sure produce it's great. more milk. You guys make more cheese. They, yes, yes. Hey, you would know. I would. I, that's, I, I agree. I'm sure. That's cheese and beer. That's what it's yeah. all about. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you have 1,600 cows. You don't, you're not actually out there, I don't know, milking the teats, so to speak, or anything like that. You guys have no. machines that do all that, right? <laughs> we're currently we're currently milking. We have a barn that milks about it milks thirty cows at a time. So there's two employees right now out there milking. You know they they started probably about one p.m. this afternoon, and their shift will go till about ten o'clock tonight. And then you know and then they have a, we have an a.m. and a p.m. shift. So everything's mostly fully automated. You know, but they still have to help. they they have to attach the machines, but the machines will come off sure. automatically. And then they got to make sure if the machine malfunctions, then fix it or call me or something like that. That's, right. And that's really yeah. – we could do 20 minutes on this whole thing. That's actually really super fascinating. I, I'm right. totally down, yeah. All right. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm yeah. a, let's talk about the 301 <laughs> pick in your latest football guys draft instead of uh, cow milking. Um, why was David Johnson the right running back for you there over guys like James Conner, Leonard Fournette, and Melvin Gordon? Well, I don't – you know, I'm not sure he was the right running back. I just kind of looked at it this way. You know, I, I had the first pick. It's my, I think it's my fourth football guys this year, and it's the first time I had the first pick. And I just – you know, I think David Johnson, I mean, I'm, I'm not think he's the greatest, but I like the situation that he's in. You know, I think also the same with Todd Gurley. I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of competition there. You know, you know, Bill O'Brien traded for Dave Johnson. You know, he's been blasted for it with the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And so I think he's, I think he's going to give every David Johnson every opportunity in the world to succeed. Otherwise he's going to look even dumber than what most of the NFL thinks he is. And so I thought, you know, just, you know, Fournette, I don't know if Jacksonville sold on him. They didn't pick up his option. 
you know, Gordon still has some competition with Philip Lindsay. James Conner was injured last year. And, you know, so I just thought, and I also thought, you know, with McCaffrey there and if David Johnson hits, I don't think there's going to be a lot of football guys, teams that will have that combination, the McCaffrey-Johnson combo. So if I get lucky and make the playoffs and then I go to the kind of the lottery at the end, maybe that combination sets me apart. You know, the other thing, too, with David Johnson, and well, let me ask you this. Let me, let me frame the question like this for you, Frank. David Johnson, um, percentage chance he is a top 15 running back this year. Is it 70, 80, higher, lower? 15, I would say, yeah, I'd say in the 70, I think. I mean, I, I mean Carlos Hyde was pretty good last year on the Texans, and he came later and you know, and Bill O'Brien ran him. They don't really, I mean, who is the op? I mean, Duke Johnson, he looks like he's good, but no one ever plays him full time. And I don't even know who's the third running back on that team right now. Yeah, I, I don't, I, quite frankly, I don't know who it is either. But yeah, I mean, they, they should, yeah. and like, and you make the good point too. Like, this is the guy that they got. This is the, 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 uh, the centerpiece of the trade that they got back where they traded allegedly their best player. So you're right. Bill O'Brien's going to want to show he was right. And if David Johnson falters this season, certainly it won't be because of volume, because he is going to get a ton of it this year, no question. All right, so let's talk about right. I bring this up every, every week on the show, Frank. Um, the depth at wide receiver this year, uh, I think a lot of people perceive it to be uh, fairly significant. How much did that have to do with you taking a fourth running back uh, when you got to the 501 in Devin Singletary, when you only had DK Metcalf? as your lone receiver in this, uh, this latest football guys draft for you? Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it had a lot to do with it because a lot of the wide, wide receivers after, you know, I think they're all pretty much equal. You know, I don't really – I mean, depending on which draft I do, sometimes I pick DJ Tart before Devontae Parker or Keenan Allen. I mean, Keenan Allen, I'm down on him a little bit. I don't know the whole Tyrod Taylor there situation. Uh, you know, I kind of eliminated Tyler Lockett once I had DK Metcalf, so – you know, he was kind of out of it. You know, Diggs is okay. Uh, A.J. Green, I got burnt by him last year, so I'm staying away from him. So I just figured Singletary has a chance to be really good with a lot of touches. I know they, I know they have Zach Moss, but I, I like touches, and I think Devin Singletary plus PPR, I think he'll catch a lot of passes. And I think at some point Josh Allen, they might slow him down on the running because, you know, to keep him healthy. So maybe that translates to two, three couple more catches for Singletary. So that's why I went there. And then, you know, I, you know, I threw some darts later on with Robbie Anderson, Christian Kirk. So I think I like the depth at wide receiver. And I, I think there's a drop off at running back. So I kind of said, you know, if I take a fourth one here, that can be a number one on a probably maybe a playoff team. That's why I went Singletary. Dave, go ahead. Uh, Nothing. Okay. That's, let me, <laughs> I can say this right now. Essentially, Moss is going about five rounds behind Singletary right now. Yeah. And, and I think I'm, as much as I always love to say, hey, pick the guy going later, I think I'd rather have Singletary. I think I like the value of him in the fifth round versus Moss in the tenth. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, you're back to a rookie with Moss, and there's not going to be enough practice time. And Singletary's been doing well. I don't understand. Right. I get that Moss, people like him, and that they're talking about using him in that Frank Gore role. But Singletary, to me, is me the point-scoring guy. He's me the pass catcher. So, like you said. Hey, send me an offer for him in yeah. Gridiron Legends. You know what? Maybe I will. Well, I think right. the further we the further we go along on these rookies, I'm getting more and more scared of some of these rookies. They're, they're especially as they play zero preseason games. Uh, you know, or you know, you know, is, is Randy Reed going to put Clyde Edwards Hilar in there to pick up a blitz when he has Patrick Mahomes, the 450 $50 million dollar man, and he doesn't know who to block, and Mahomes gets knocked out for the year. I mean, at least he knows Damian Williams is you know knows the blitz assignments and can pick him up. So I mean. Without having practiced these rookies, I know the draft is fairly deep, but I mean, with this weird pre-off season, I'm getting a little scared of some of the rookies. We have a question coming up about those rookies in a little bit, and I'll let you elaborate a little bit more on that, Frank. But before we get to that, injured receiver that's been pretty polarizing out there, Dave. Yeah, it's Debo Samuel. He's no longer a rookie. He's now a second-year player. Sorry, thank you. What? I'm an idiot. I thought Debo Samuel was a rookie. He's not. 
Go you ahead. Didn't say that you were. Talking oh, about. I thought I did. Okay. No, so don't worry about it. Just relax. <laughs> Take it easy. All right. At one point in the I season, I need some cheese and wine <laughs> over here, Dave. That would help me relax. Yeah, in the chair, and the cheese and wine discussion is getting quite heated. <laughs> yeah. At what point in the season do you think we see Debo back to full health? But uh, I forgot. How long did they say the injury was supposed to be? Ten okay. Weeks? So this is this is interesting. You bring this up because originally it was reported as maybe a three month injury. Gene Brammel uh, from Football Guys, our good buddies over at Football Guys, said he didn't know why it was reported as a three month injury because stuff like this. Um, when, when it happens, these Jones fractures happen in season. These guys are missing like six to eight weeks. They're not missing 12 weeks. So he didn't understand where this 12-week timeline was coming. So it's probably going to be something much shorter than 12 weeks. And, and maybe you shrewdly took him at the 901. Though. Yeah, there you go. So let's talk about that, Frank. Yeah, I have a lot of Debo. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Ram fan, so I watch a lot of the 49ers. And if Debo got hurt and missed the whole year, it probably helps my Rams. But as a fantasy player, I mean – I hope Debo gets back on the field. I guess I should have been a little scared more of the foot injury because last year, like I alluded to earlier, I got burnt by the A.J. Green drafting him thinking he was going to miss two to three weeks, and he missed 17 or 16 or whatever the whole season. So, I don't, I don't, I, I, to be honest, I really, you know, if I get Debo, if he misses the first three weeks and he's the Debo that was at the end that's running the ball, catching the ball, being explosive, I'm fine by that. But, I, you know, I don't, you know, those those injuries aren't, usually very good but i mean at, at that point i thought his value and his upside was incredible at the 9-1 so that's why i went there yeah i mean I, I think you have to look at it from the standpoint of when when do you balance out the ceiling with the floor and, and certainly at in the ninth round you probably have a pretty good core of receivers if you're drafting at the football guys players championship and then it might be time to start swinging for the fences certainly and i think you made a pretty strong case for him there we're talking with frank nunes the uh 15 time uh, league champ in the FFPC, as well as the Football Guys Players Championship here on the HSFF Hour. Um, okay, so you're a Rams fan. This is interesting because I want to get into the tight ends. If you've paid, and Frank, I don't know if you're on Twitter at all, but Twitter, the high-stakes fantasy football Twitter has been blowing up about Higby. Incredibly polarizing uh, as a prospect so far this year. There's another tight end for the Rams that you grabbed in this draft that took place uh, a little bit less than a week ago. 16th round, you took Gerald Everett. Is he the guy for the Rams tight ends that you'd rather own given the draft value when you can get Everett that late? Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on that, given that you are a fan of the team. Well, I think, I mean, I, I, I have conversations with my own Ram fan friends, and it's kind of polarizing too. I mean, you know, Everett was kind of the starter last year, and then he kind of sort of got banged up. If you remember way back in 2018, he had a very good Monday night against the Kansas City Chiefs in that epic Monday night game which I was there live, which was probably the best live pro football game I've ever been to. Uh, but yes. I don't know. I mean, Everett, I think Everett, you know, he's more athletic, but, I mean, you can't really argue with Higby's production the end of last year. I mean, he won some people some money. You know, the the, the targets he was getting, the catches he was getting. And so I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, Everett is another guy that kind of, you know, if something goes wrong there. They got they have to replace, Brett, uh, you know, Cook somewhere. Someone's going to get his targets. You know, Gurley got a few targets. He's gone. So, you know, Everett, I think, has some upside. And, you know, with that, that was my third tight end, so I figured it was worth a chance in a tight end premium type of format. Dave, uh, do you – I mean, I don't know. We haven't really talked a whole lot about – I think we've talked a little bit about Everett. We haven't talked about, much about Higby. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of background here, over the last four days in the Football Guys Players Championship – and, by the way, we get this um, – uh, ADP data from FantasyMojo.com, um, which is a tremendous resource for any FFPC player and incredibly affordable as well. Darren Armani, who runs that website, runs the Pros vs. Joe's Challenge. Tyler Higby, Dave, over the last four days, 603 as tight end seven. Gerald Everett, obviously, going much, much later than that. Um, we just talked about how Frank got him in the 16th round. He is, on average, going in the 14th round as tight end 26. Do you have a horse in that in that race? Yeah, you know, I like the value of Everett actually as just a kind of a flyer tight end because he is being undervalued and he did really well early in the season. Higby's pricey and has risk. I, I think that I'd probably look somewhere other somewhere else. Like I'd probably where's Hayden Hurst going? Like a round and a half later. Yeah, like he that. is going later. I'm gonna look him up right now. Yeah. Hayden Hurst, the new tight end for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. He is actually going right after Higby as far as tight ends go. He's going at the six eleven. So you're looking at about uh, what is that half round? Yeah, so I, yeah. I'd probably look towards Hurst a little bit. Just he's, he has a first-round pedigree, and he's on an offense that throws a ton to the tight end. Um, so I, I think I might go that direction. Hunter Henry, uh, Mike Kosicki, Rob Gronkowski, Jared Cook all going after. I like Henry, too. 
I like. I think. I know you like Henry. With, you mentioned with, this before. With, what's his name? Tyrod. Um. Yeah. I know. And the the guy after Cook. I know you don't like T.J. Hawkinson. Not a fan. Not a huge fan. I mean, he's got the pedigree. I just. Uh, it's, uh, I don't. I really do need to see it for some reason with him. He's been, he was so dreadful as a rookie. I just right. need to see a little bit more. Frank, you've done um, what seven dozen best balls so far this season. Do you have a lot of Hawkinson uh-huh. shares? Just just curiously. I have, a, I have a quite a few. I have more early Hawkinsons than I did lately. It just seems like I could get them a little more, a little cheaper earlier, and then, you know, plus the earlier ones. You know, Hayden Hurst before he got traded to Atlanta, he wasn't really drafted. Gronkowski hadn't come out of retirement, so you know, I those are two tight ends that now go go ahead of Hawkinson. So before the early ones, I was drafting Hawkinson because those were there was two less you know, horses in the race. So I have a few more early now. I, you know, maybe draft a Hurst or a Gronkowski, take a chance on him. So, I mean, you know, the tight end deals evolved a little bit since the very first start, starting best balls that started in January and February. There you go. All right, so let's talk about I, like I, I think he's a goal line. I yeah. think he'll get some goal line. So I, I, I probably like Hawkinson a little more than Dave. Yeah, that's cool. I know I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. He's I mean, he was a super highly drafted tight end. He's really talented. Um, so yeah, I could totally see it. Um, keeping the questions on the West Coast, we're talking about the 49ers, Raheem Mostert asked for a trade. Have you changed the way or at least you plan to draft him or Tevin Coleman or Jarek McKinnon and football guys drafts going forward? Uh you know, I drafted last night in a best ball and I think Mostert probably went around lower uh than what he was probably going. Uh, I probably won't change on him. I, I, to me, he passes the eyeball test. He's the best running back, I think, on the 49ers. I mean, he scores. He's, I mean, he has had some problems staying healthy. Uh, I don't think he has a whole lot of leverage. I don't see him moving him. And, you know, he's only really talking about a million dollars more that he wants to be with Tevin Coleman. He makes about $3 million. I think Tevin Coleman makes a little bit over four. So I can't see, you know, them shipping him out of town for over, for a one million dollars. It's not like he wants Patrick Mahomes' money, or he's holding out like Ezekiel Elliott. So I don't think he's really going to go. And if people are going to let him drop another round, I'll probably draft him. And I'm pro- and I'm and I'm staying away from Jarrett McKinnon. I mean, I don't draft him. I the eighty best balls I've done. I haven't drafted him once. I think I just two years out of the league. You know, he's not cutting yet. The information I read last on him. So I'm just, I'm out on Jerry McKinnon right now. I'm totally with you on Jarek McKinnon. It's funny because I was actually on uh, Rotoballer Radio on Sirius XM talking with Real Talk Raf and Josh, uh, Josh Hayes, who is actually going to be in the Pros vs. Joes competition this year at the FFPC, and we were talking about that Niners backfield with Mostert and McKinnon and, and Coleman, and I said, you know, it, there's a non-zero chance that McKinnon is actually the running back to own in San Francisco for like three weeks. But good luck finding yeah. out what those three weeks are. The fact that he's still not cutting, the fact that he's so far behind Coleman and Mostert, I think this is kind of a non-story. I think they upgrade Mostert. Yeah. It's it's not. Dave, do you remember? Um, I think it's more likely he gets caught myself. Uh, uh, the right? Yeah. yeah. Do you re- do you remember? And this is more of a pop culture reference. Dave, you saw Ocean's Thirteen, right? Yes. Okay. So do you remember the scene when Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck were in Mexico where they're making the dice and everything, and then they put the workers on strike, and then they Brad Pitt reports, oh, yeah, they, they want 34000 more uh, for, for, to get, to get that thing. Yeah, pesos. Uh, and, yeah, and then, and then uh, they're like, okay, well, they turned it to Terry Benedict. They're like, you can make this happen. We'll postate the check. And Pitt's like, no, 34000 total, not per worker. <laughs> and, and, that, and, and so I think that's how it is with Mostert. You know, it's not yeah. asking, like Frank said. He's looking for like a million more dollars for a Super Bowl contender for a guy who absolutely crushed it the the last third of the season last year. When you have a guy like McKinnon who isn't cutting yet, and a guy like Coleman who's never really lived up to it. Give him the money, move on. And I and you just yeah, it's easy you, for you to throw that. But here's around. the thing: you just traded DeForest Bruckner to the Colts for that draft pick, so now you don't have to pay him. You're paying that rookie. I can't remember who they took there. It was another pass rusher, I think. Uh, they're paying him, right. and they, they don't have to pay him off his rookie contract for another four years. The money's there. Make it happen. We're talking with Frank Nunes, the 15-time champ yeah, gotta, in the FFPC and Football Guys Players Championship. They, Kittle will be rewarded. He could be the highest 
paid tight end in the league when he gets that contract. That is worth noting as well. They let Manny Sanders go. It doesn't seem like they're in any kind of rush to extend Jimmy Garoppolo as well. So we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, Mostert's not asking for a lot. Make it happen as a Mostert owner in a dynasty draft. All right, so let's talk about David Njoku. Um, Has he become a good flyer for you in drafts now that we know that he wants a trade and potentially could go to a better situation than he is in Cleveland, Frank? Um, You know, they got um, Austin Hooper. They got Harrison Bryant there. Um, are you taking Njoku late, given how far his price has fallen? Not really. I, you know, I don't know where he's going to land. I'm not sure what's a good landing spot for him. Uh, you know, so I really have kind of stayed away. I've, I've take, uh, you know, later on I'll take chances on a Gerald Everett or a, you know even a Jimmy Graham, uh, Dawson Knox, those type of guys. You know, I mean, those. I, I really haven't. I don't like Njoko, so I've really been staying away from him, even in a tight end friendly. I mean, I try to guess maybe one of them Seattle guys. I think they can be productive. They like to throw the tight end, so I'll throw a dart at Hollister, or I'll throw a dart at Disley. I'll throw a dart at Greg Olson. But I haven't really been, I've been throwing very few darts at Njoko. All right, so knowing that, how you feel on that, Austin Hooper is going in the ninth round of football guys drafts. Have you been drafting him a lot? Not too, not too much. Just because he goes a little bit more, a little bit his value is a little bit, or his ADP is a little bit higher than what I'm willing to give. And there's a lot of spoons in that pot. I mean, you got Odell Beckham, you have Jarvis Landry, you have Kareem Hunt, you have Nick Chubb. So I don't. I mean, I've kind of been staying away from Hooper too, just because I mean, you know, I rather just take a chance on, uh, you know, Gasecki or a, or a Hawkinson or a Fant than a Hooper. Um, we have a question from the – go ahead, Frank. I said the tight end I've been drafting a lot is Jack Doyle. I've been drafting him a lot. I mean, I just – I just Philip Rivers throws the tight end. Frank Reich uses the tight end. There's no Eric Ebron. Uh, I think, you know, that situation as an upside guy, I've been – I have a lot of Jack Doyle. I don't trust Trey Burton as a backup, Mo Alley-Cox as a backup. So, I mean, the guy I take a, a, a dart at is a, is a Jack Doyle, and then I, you know, do some Jimmy Smith, Blake Jarwins instead of the Austin Hoopers, you know, those type of guys. Yeah, Frank, you and I are uh, of one mind when it comes to Jack Doyle. I am definitely on board for him, too. I think he's being underdrafted right now. It makes a lot of sense in a tight end premium league like the FFPC. I'd be right. remiss if I didn't read – Read this uh, question from the chat room here. Uh, Watch guy, good old Hudson Kern Reeve wants to know, where do you rank Hayden Hurst as an FFPC tight end this year? Uh, thank you for the question, Kern. And I'll tell you right now before I, I, I tell Frank this, but Hayden Hurst is going off currently over the last four days in the Football Guys Players Championship, tight end eight at the 6-11. Does tight end eight sound right to you, Frank, or should he be higher or lower? That's about right for me. You know, obviously you have the, the big two and Kelsey and Kittle, and then, you know, you have the next two and Andrews and Ert. And then, you know, it's a preference deal. You know, Higby, Waller, you know, Hunter Henry, Hurst, they're all out there. I mean, I've, another guy I do not like is Evan Ingram. I don't trust his health. you got a new coach there. Uh, so I, don't, I haven't really been drafting a lot of Evan Ingram. I'll pass on him and take a Hunter Henry or a Hayden Hurst or – take a chance on Gronkowski, not that I think Gronkowski is going to play every game, but, you know, I mean, he came back for a reason, and I like Rob. He won me some money in the past, so that kind of leans me his way. But, I, yeah, I think Hurst is about, about the eighth tight end. He's right in that mix. That's about where I'm taking him. All right, I'm going to fire off another question. Um, are you interested in the Kansas City running game at all? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the second, Damian Williams in the sixth, or avoiding the situation more or less overall? Clyde Edwards Hilaire before the draft. Obviously, you know, you throw darts at rookie running backs and you know, you hopefully you hit a few. Uh I you know, I have a couple, you know, in the second, late second, early third round when the draft after it went down. I will I won't draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first, probably not. Probably the very, very end of the second round. But I'd probably get out drafted on him because I'd rather have a Todd Gurley, a David Johnson, Aaron Jones, you know, those type of players. Uh, so I, but I do get a little few Damian Williams, and that goes back to like what I said with the rookie running, the rookies, all rookies in general, with the weird preseason. 
you know, a limited amount of preseason games if there's any. Uh, you know, I mean, but I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is in a perfect situation, to, you know, with a perfect coach and Andy Reid, so he could be a monster. But just with a weird preseason, I mean, pre- the preseason being so strange in 2020 that I probably have more Damian Williams than I do Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm with you on the Williams versus Hilaire thing. You know, the thing is to invest in a rookie running back this year is in the second round is asking a lot. And we already, I think it was, was the running backs coach in Kansas city come out and say that, that, you know, he's excited. He thinks Williams is going to take a step forward this year. I think this screams Williams. I will have almost no Edwards Hilaire exposure this year. I love Damian Williams. Dave, um, Frank has been extremely gracious with his time tonight. I want to sneak in one more final question before we let him go tonight, and this is the most important question. All right, we need sleepers and busts. Uh, who is a player you've been avoiding in the early rounds of your draft so far this year and a player you've been targeting, targeting in the mid to later rounds? Well, the, the, probably in the tight end preview, the one of them I mentioned was Evan Ingram. I'm staying away from him. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb, I probably don't draft him because of the hunt and the PPR. You know, the Mixon scares me a little bit with the holdout possibility. Uh, even though the holdout isn't – I don't think he'll pull a Melvin Gordon or a Le'Veon Bell. The guys I'm drafting, uh, like I said earlier, is Jack Doyle, uh, you know, in about the eighth or tenth round in a tight end premium league. I'm doing a lot of Jack Doyle. I'm doing a few not Naeem Hines. And then later on, being a Ram fan, I'm throwing some darts at Malcolm Brown. I, I, don't, I don't know what that situation – I think there's a 33% chance that he might be the running back, and you're getting him way later than the Cam Akers, way even later than the Daryl Henderson. So I don't know, you know who's going to be that running back. I, you know, I'm not sure why the Rams drafted Cam Akers and not helped their offensive line as a Ram fan, but, I mean, that's – you know, McVay is Wonder Boy, so maybe he he probably knows a lot more than I do. But those are the guys, my sleepers, are kind of that I've been drafting. So that's kind of where I'm at. Our very own Wonder Boy coming on the show tonight from the High Stakes Fantasy Football perspective. It was Frank Nunes. Uh, Frank, listen, awesome job tonight. Not only from the fantasy football perspective, we brought up guys like Dave Craig, uh, like uh, Terrell Davis tonight. We also talked about right. Prodigy. CompuServe, I mean, stuff I never thought we'd get into tonight. It was awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Good luck in all your leagues this year. Really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, dude. Don't be a stranger. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Frank Nunes. Ladies and gentlemen, 15-time FFPC. He goes with a team named Squids. Also, yeah, right? Squids, yeah, that's his team. So if, you ever, if you're ever in a football guys draft or an FFPC best ball and you see the team named Squids, it is indeed Frank Nunes uh, hopping aboard in that draft. Good luck competing against him. I, I had no idea that interview was going to take that turn. And when I say take that turn, we backed out of the driveway and we took that turn right away. Yeah, it was fun. That was great. The, the trip down memory road was awesome. Memory lane, not memory road. Memory <laughs> lane uh, was, was fantastic tonight, and, and Frank uh, played into that. Plus, he's a dairy farmer. Yeah, that's oh, cool. God, just. I wonder if he knows Mike Santos. He does that, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Mike Santos is. And Mike uh, lives in. Uh, He's in California. Uh, yeah. Tulare or something. Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, we should have remembered to ask him that. Damn it. I thought of it, but you know. Well, you should have. You should have asked him. Yeah. All right. So let's. We don't have a whole lot of time to get to emails. Uh, by the way, brothers mayhem chiming in. Good stuff, Frank tonight. Frank was a great guest. We don't have a whole lot of time to get to emails. We got about seven minutes left in the show. I want to sort of hit on the, the the topics. If we have time for an email, great. If we don't, we don't. All right. I want to thank Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. We touched on this, Dave, with Frank, but Raheem Mostert has indeed asked for a trade. I've kind of made my thoughts uh, on this um, pretty clear. Brett uh, Tesler, who is Raheem Mostert's agent, noted that his contract with the Niners was negotiated when he was a special teamer. And he is looking to get a trade into Tevin Coleman money, which is like $4.5 million a year. He's making like $3 million right now. Um, from a fantasy football perspective, knowing that they have McKinnon, knowing they have Coleman, are you changing the way that you draft Mostert, Coleman, or McKinnon right now based on this request that Mostert's team has made in San Francisco? Uh, you know, I'm actually a little more interested. You know, kind of Frank alluded to that, or he said that he's dropping around. So if he drops around, I'm actually more, more interested in Mostert. Actually, I like him. We were talking about this this morning um, on uh, on Roto Baller Radio, but Mostert has actually plunged a little bit, not 
not as much as you'd think. Um, he was going right around that mid to late fourth. He's actually going at the late ten, uh, late tenth. The end, the five ten is where he's going. The end of the fifth, Dave. He is looking at um, a, a spot right now, right behind Kareem Hunt and Devin Singletary, right ahead of DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins. You can get a starting running back at the end of the fifth round. And I think I brought this up last week when we were talking about Mostert trying to get a new contract. Uh, this makes sense to, to get a starting running back on a run-based team there. Yeah, for sure. It absolutely does. I'm, I'm down for that. I like that spot where Mostert's going. Um, let's talk about um, Philadelphia real briefly. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has made some uh, comments on his Instagram that were not great. He is guaranteed $4.8 million in salary. He has already been paid his $2 million player option this year. If they, Philadelphia doesn't indeed try to release him, they try to get that guaranteed money back. But, Dave, this is the number one option in the Philadelphia offense. As much as we talk about Jalen Rager, he's a rookie. And, Who are and we talking about here? Deshaun Jackson. Alshon Jeffries. Deshaun per- Jackson, number one option in the offense? Do you not think he, no, no receiver, exactly. receiver, receiver, no. receiver in, right. for Carson Wentz. Um, Marquise Goodwin is, you know, he is what he is. Alshon Jeffrey is hurt. Jalen Rager's a rookie. John Hightower is a rookie. By the way, I'll, I'll, and I'll say this for KFFSC.com, Commissioner Farrell Elliott told me in a dynasty startup I was recently in with Kentucky, he said, take John Hightower with your last pick. Everybody is going to be on John Hightower Round uh, week week five or week six. If Deshaun Jackson's released, all of a sudden Hightower becomes much more interesting. Your thoughts on Deshaun Jackson as a redraft pick this year, knowing that over the last four days after this news hit, uh, football guys drafters were taking him as wide receiver 62 in the 14th round. That's pretty cheap. Uh, I took him in the Scott Fishbowl. I did too. After this news came out. I I did too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they just they announced they find him and that they're not cu- they're not cutting they're him. not cutting him. Yeah, they said I, he needs to be more active in in you know, you know being out there with with everything all the conversations going on. Yeah, hugging all the different people that he didn't hug before. I was actually hoping, and I can't remember if this was like round twelve. I'm like, God, I hope Deshaun Jackson or Sammy Watkins makes it back to me as my number four receiver. They both made it back to me, right. and then Watkins made it back to me in the fifth. So I got Jackson and Watkins, and I'm pleased as punch about that. Yeah, I think Jackson's going to be a force for Philly this year. Yeah, I mean, it comes back down to health for him, but I think, I think you're right, actually. I, I think uh, he'll do, do pretty well. He is 33. He's a guy who relies on speed, but, you he know. Still has it, too. He, he still does. And the, the, and the more important thing, Dave, Philadelphia doesn't have a whole lot of other options there. Jeffrey's hurt. Ortega Whiteside kind of was, was not great last year. Rager's a rookie. There's not a lot to like in that Philadelphia offense. All right, one other topic I want to get into uh, this week before we say sayonara here on the HSFFR. The Lions have indeed signed their second-round pick, DeAndre Swift, to a four-year contract. Swift, as you know, 5'8", 212, averaged seven, uh, excuse me, 7.8 yards per touch behind both Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle at Georgia when he was a true freshman. And then the last two years when he was the um, uh, obligatory starter there, 1,000 yards, uh, uh, he hit the 1,000 yards plateau. He hit seven re- uh, touchdowns. Um, uh, each of the last two years, excuse me, I'm trying to read this at the same time talking. I'm terrible at it. Um, he had the 63rd percentile adjusted spark athleticism, 6.6 yards per carry on 440 career carries at Georgia. 20% of his carries his senior year, uh, 196 of them, gained at least 10 yards. That was the best mark in this year's class. Dave, um, th- this is the part I want to bring up with you, and I want to bring in draft value into this. DeAndre Swift, people are taking in the Football Guys Players Championship um, over the last four days, running back 28 at the 5'10". Conversely, Carrion Johnson, his main competitor for targets, is not going until the 9'10 as running back 43. If you're going to go and hitch your wagon to the Swift or Johnson horse, which one would it be? You know, I've been poo-pooing the rookie running backs, but I might actually, I might actually go with Swift. I'm agreeing with you on this one. I, I, I actually think he is really talented. He does have, you know, I always joke around about this, but he does have the cool name Swift. I mean, good God, a running back named Swift is fantastic. Carry on Johnson. I don't carry on Johnson. They has, don't believe in him. I, I think that they've lost faith in him. And I think that yes. I, by, it won't be week one, but it might be weeks three or four that Swift takes over and really just, 
takes that job. All right. That's my guess. One of the things we've purported on this show for years is the way a guy looks, the way his name sounds. Dave just brought it up with DeAndre Swift. Carry on Johnson. Is that not the name of an accumulator, of a plotter, of a, a great point. of a guy of a Michael Turner ilk, a guy who needs volume to be successful? Now, FFPC drafters have clearly said yes to this because they're taking him four rounds after Swift. And I'm going to echo Dave's comments. We are nervous about this year's rookie class. But to the point where I'm, I'm willing to pass him DeAndre Swift in the sixth round, mm, probably not so much. So I think he's a nice value there. Well, he's not expensive. He's not expensive like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So no, that's yeah, exactly. And it's you know it's not the same as you know Grant Andy Reid. That's like you get the gold star when you have Andy Reid running back. But still, it's a run-based offense. I mean, Patricia loves to run, 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 run. So Swift is going at the excuse me, not the sixth round, the five ten, right behind Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Devin Singletary, Raheem Mostert, right ahead of J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram and Damian Williams. That is where Swift is going. I think there's a lot to be said for Swift at the end of the fifth round there. So take it for what it's worth. We both like uh, Swift. At the, and, you know, not, you know, you can get him potentially in the sixth round. If you go zero RB in the FFPC, you go with four, four wide receivers and a tight end there to get Swift as your number one running back. There's a lot worse ways to start off your football guy's draft as you're trying to win a half million bucks. You could take Kerryon Johnson then, too, in like the ninth or tenth, if you really wanted to. All right, so that's a good question here, too. Fifth round and a ninth round, that's okay to soak into to to lock up a running game? That's pretty pretty cheap to lock up that run. It's a pretty solid offense. I mean, it's not not the worst. Brothers Mayhem chiming in in the uh, chat room. He can't trust any rookies this year. And I'll tell you what, I'm with him. I don't trust any of them. But I'm willing to take a chance on some of them. And that is where I'm going to leave it on the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening, all you pros versus Joes guys. I apologize we didn't get to the emails tonight. I promise you we will get to them next week. I want to thank Frank Nunes, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. We are live once again next Friday at 10, 9 Central, two-time FFPC main event champ and uh, Football Guys Players Championship League winner. Uh, we're, we're continuing our tour of Frank's, Dave. Frank Leprod is going to be on the show that night to not only talk about that, but his pros versus Joe strategy in 2020. So did you, did you know before you, I didn't, and I thought about bringing this up before the show with you. Yeah. I was like, people are going to think I rigged this somehow. I didn't rig it. It was just total dumb luck that Frank had, got, yeah. got selected and, and is also on the show next week. Well, we've had a lot of shows. So when you always, you know, you there's brought up a lot of people who've been on the show. Right. Yeah. Well, it's because we've done a zillion shows. Right. Well, you actually, I'm sorry. You've done a zillion shows. <laughs> Not a zillion. I've done like, a few. Shows. Nah, not like a that many. Shows. Hey, by the way, I can tease this. I don't know. Um, I don't know the exact date yet. Um, but um, we we found out last week or two weeks ago that um, we had a uh, another celebrity playing with us. I don't know if you guys know this, but Snoop Dogg. No, no, no. Nick Bacay, uh, who has been uh, a producer and an actor on King of Queens. Uh, he's also been uh, a, a stand-up comedian, voiced uh, Salem the Cat on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, a hit ABC sitcom for the better part of a decade. Uh, super, super ingratiated in the industry. He's played with us, for, uh, the FFPC, for many years. Um, there's other celebrities out there, including David Taylor, who is the Magic Man, the 2018 World Championship wrestler. He is actually going to be on the show I don't think um, – it's going to be before August. We're what trying show? To, our show. This show? This show. He's yeah, going nice. to be on this show coming up before August. We're going to talk to him. It's going to be very exciting. He's, he's a big FFPC fan, drafted a lot of teams here. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at MagicMan underscore PSU. 85,000 followers, Dave. Uh, so he's out there, and he's loving every minute of it. David Taylor going to be coming up. But that's neither here nor there. Frank LaProd is next week. Can't wait for that. I want to thank um, uh, Frank Nunes for coming on tonight. Book those flights and rooms for Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood. And again, you guys, you can save $400 off each additional FFPC main event team right now. Make sure you're taking advantage of that. Uh, check out the Football Guys Players Championship. We got a midnight draft coming up here in, I don't know what it is, uh, about 50 minutes. We got four teams left. It's going to happen. Um, hopefully you guys can jump in that because I'm commissioning that best ball leagues, best ball slims, dynasty startups, terminator sats, all that going on. My FFPC.com. 
What a wonderful time to be alive for fantasy football fans. Your this weekend has been another now. episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates, and I'm MVP. If rap was a game, I'll be MVP. And as we sign off tonight, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. If that midnight fills, there will be a 1230 added. I don't know if the 1230 will fill, so make sure you're getting in on the midnight. If you miss out on that, get in on the 1230. And if the 1230 fills, 1 a.m. draft, baby. Here we go. I'm very excited to be a part of it. Can't wait to talk about all the hijinks and everything that will happen going forward on that. Uh, Dave, I don't know. This is the other thing I was going to bring up when uh, Frank was on the show. But I don't, and you, this was after your time, but one of the games we started playing when we were kids, we started playing Commander Keen and Wolfenstein 3D, which was sort of the precursor to Doom. You remember Doom, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. So Wolfenstein was like, it was set back in the 40s, and you were like a U.S. Army uh, POW, and you were housed in, in these Nazi um, castles, and you had to break out. Um, those games you can download. It, like I remember, it was a big thing. You, you're paying forty, fifty bucks for them back in the day to get them on, excuse me, floppy disks. And now you can go on the internet and just Google them, and you don't even have to download them. You can just play them online. Like it, it's like instant, thirty seconds, and you're playing it. Right. It is tremendous. It is. How far we've come as so a society. It's so great to, to uh, be alive right now. It is great to be alive. And, and healthy I'll, and stay safe, everyone. Do that, and just know that. If we can make Commander Keen streamable, if we can make Wolfenstein 3D oh, available in 30 seconds, you have no idea what this world Wolfenstein. is able to accomplish. Thanks for listening. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Yeah, I know what that's from. Casey Kasem, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Oh, buddy, you got to end it on that. From COVID. <laughs> no, he said that's not true at all. Oh, something else?